What's the big deal? The big deal. I think I save at QP's at least 40 to 50 percent. When we shop at Caesars, we definitely save money. Join the thousands of shoppers enjoying great values at the weekend marketplace. Over 500 shops at each location with savings on the brand names you want most. And I only shop where I'm really getting bargains, so that's why I wind up at QP. Everyone to know, come to Caesars, it's a bargain. Save money at QP's marketplace in Queens and Caesars Bay Bazaar in Brooklyn. This weekend, come to a weekend marketplace. All right, ladies and germs, this is it. This is the first New York's Got Talent podcast. Um, why, why is this the thing? Hmm. Well, my friends over at Canal Street Market uh, reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to make a podcast. And it's something that I've thought about over the years. Um, but the thing about me is if someone doesn't do something for me, then it just won't get done. So I told my, my friend Ryan at Canal Street Market, if you want this podcast, you're going to have to set it up for me. You're going to have to produce it. You're going to have to do everything. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. So he called my bluff. He set up this lovely uh, recording studio in the back of Canal Street Market, um, which is one of my favorite places to go if you've never been. Um, and, yeah, and here we are. And... Uh, yeah, the, the podcast is New York's Got Talent, um, going off of the uh, the New York's Got Talent theme. Tiger, you gotta you gotta you gotta chill. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. no more surprise. The surprise was that Tiger Hood is the first guest, um, but he was distracting me by taking videos on his phone and making the cutest little face. He was squinting, take the photo, it was adorable, and it distracted me, and uh, he ruined the surprise. So, yes, Tiger Hood is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Cue applause. You got you to gotta put, put the mic closer to your mouth. Pause. I can't believe I'm here, man. The first one is such an honor. Thank you so much. Of course. Who else would I get? Uh, I'd get Luca, but he's in Italy. Oh, yeah. He, yeah right, exactly. You know, that's why I'd rather be number two behind him. I'd rather be behind him. No, but see, you're, you're, you're good with these things because you like to talk. You can, you can talk to anybody. And uh, you're just a, a stand-up guy with a great story, and um, Tiger, you gotta. The producer Ryan is is. Uh, there you go. Perfect. Um, but no, I just thought you know who better to uh, to bring on for the first episode than Tiger Hood. So I'm you know I'm thinking that I, I don't really have a, a set plan for this podcast. I kind of wanted to uh, you know do this, see how it goes, and then formulate something from there, but. You know, probably what's going to end up happening is each episode, whether it be every two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whenever the fuck I feel like it, um, I'll bring on a, uh, a talent, um, a New York talent. Mm -hmm. And we'll do like a little interview, we'll talk some bullshit, and then maybe I'll, I'll do an Instagram live where fans can, you know, ask questions and, and what have you. And, um, you know, I feel like it'll be cool. It'll be... It'll be a little bit more uh, informative than, than the Instagram is. Because the Instagram, you know, you get 60-second videos. You don't really get to tell people's entire story. Now we have as long as we want. Um, and a lot of people have questions about you, Tiger Hood, a.k.a. Patrick Barr, a.k.a. Nappy Gilmore. Um, so, yeah, I want to give it to the people. I want to give the people what they want. Sure. Um, I'm going to try to to ask the hard-hitting questions, and if I happen to miss any, uh, we'll open it up to the fans on IG Live, 
and uh, maybe they'll ask the rest. Let's is this happy. is that cool? Get nappy, bro. You're you're down? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, the reason why I was squinting because I wear glasses. So. Uh, oh, gotcha. You wear glasses? Yeah, for real. Oh. Yeah. I also want to mention that Tiger Hood is not wearing his hat today, and uh, he appears to have some sort of like rat hit, rat tail dread thing going on that I never knew he had, and I love it. I'm a big fan. That's why Nappy Gilmore. This, might not this is Nappy Gilmore. You kind of thought. Yeah. Absolutely. Does hey uh, producer Ryan? Does he yeah. need to adjust his mic? Yeah, it's a little uh, closer. Just speak into it like this, like you're giving it a little, yeah. you know, a little kiss. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hear myself very clearly. Because you see, Tiger, you see how close I am to the mic. No, it's okay. They they uh, sanitize these after every pot. Well, actually, this is the first one they've done, so it's well, clean. They might need to sanitize it after I'm done. Right. All right. Um, how we feeling, Ryan? Oh man. Oh, testing one, two. It's sounding better to me. Yeah. Can you talk some more? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. But but remember to, you know, talk yeah. into the microphone, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, We don't need to do anything over again, though, do we? I mean, you know, I don't care. We, you know, yeah. When? Okay. Um, so today's episode is, is brought to you by Canal Street Market. Um, thank you, Canal Street Market, for providing this lovely space. Um, it is brought to you by uh, Manhattan Special, now in cherry, vanilla, grape, and cappuccino flavors. Manhattan Special. Nothing says I love you like a Manhattan Special to the mouth. Mm. Make her feel special by giving her a Manhattan Special. There you go. Uh, it is also brought to you by... Tiger. Tiger, else, Hood, Tiger Hood coming at you. Who uh, else is spon sponsoring this podcast mm, again? Mm, um, uh, also know. brought to you by Anthony and Sons Panini Shop. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. 433 Graham oh, Ave in Williamsburg. Oh, my gosh. Yo, they're the best, man. Um, they are the best. Man. Also brought to you by... They are the best. Tommy Jules, uh, the realist jeweler to the stars. And don't forget the gym. Don't forget the gym. Overth Overthrow Gym. Brought to you by Overthrow Gym. Get your flex on at Overthrow Gym. Mm -hmm. Brought to you by Jersey Street in Manhattan for being the home of such an icon, Tiger Hood. Wow. <laughs> if it wasn't for Jersey Street, we, you probably wouldn't be the man you are today. No, if it wasn't for my mom and dad. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Shout out your mom and dad. Yeah. I love I love when you post photos of your dad on Instagram. It is uh -huh. it makes my heart melt. Thanks, man. He yeah. looks like he could be your brother. No? He's a young man. He's he's aging well. Yeah. You know, really good, man. I, I hope when I you first well. when you first posted him, I was like, Oh man, Tiger's yeah. got a bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Shout out to mom. I sold a picture of you yesterday, mom. Somebody oh, put a picture of my mom yesterday, yeah. Oh, great. That's always nice. So, Tiger, let's get into this, okay? Yeah. I, I have a lot of questions to ask you, mm -hmm. um, most of which I know the answers to, but I just want the viewers uh, or the listeners to, um, to, uh, to, to better, better understand who you are, the man behind the, ma the madness. Um, so let's, go, let's just jump into it. Mm -hmm. where, 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 are we, where are you born? Let's start with that. Kingston, Jamaica. 
Kingston, Jamaica. You were born in Jamaica. Yes. Wow. In 1964, and I came to this country in 1968. So you were four years old. Yeah. Okay, and what brought you here? Uh, you know, um, I guess my parents just wanted to do come to America, you know, like most people. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And what do your parents do in America? Uh, my mom worked on Wall Street. You moved right to oh, Wall yeah, Street, so yeah. you were in New York. Yeah, straight okay. to New York. And uh, my dad, he worked, uh, my dad, he went to college before he went down to, uh, started writing for a newspaper in, in Wisconsin. And then um, he started writing for um, AT&T and, and worked there down on Fulton Street. Down so they both worked in the Wall Street area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine you as a, as a child. Well, we all are one. <laughs> what were you yeah, like as a child? I was pretty good. I mean, I, I behaved myself pretty much. You know, I wasn't a... Um, no siblings, right? Yeah, two sisters. Two sisters. Yeah. yeah. Older? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were the youngest child. Yeah. You were the runs of the litter. Pretty much. Yep. yep. Um, okay. And w- w- at what point did, did photography come into your life? Because for, for people who don't know, well, I got to backtrack for a second. So Tiger Hood, um, when I first met you, you were selling photographs on West 4th Street. Mm-hmm. You're selling these great street photos that you had taken in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and you were just, you had them laid out against the West 4th Street cage. And uh, I went up and started talking to you. And, you know, you're very charismatic, talking about your work, love the stuff that you were, that you had laid out. Um, I ended up buying uh, three prints from you. I bought a photograph of Philippe Petit in Washington Square. I bought a photograph of the Twin Towers. Um, I bought a photo of the my favorite photo, and I feel like it's everybody's favorite photo, the clown getting arrested um, in Times Square. Um, it's a great photograph of a clown um, being put into a cop car in Times Square. So I bought those three prints, um, did a little interview with you, um, and then I didn't, you know, I, I guess like a year, a year and a half went by, didn't hear from you, didn't see you. I had your card, but I didn't really bother reaching out for whatever reason. I think I might have been busy with something else. And then like a year, a year and a half later, I saw a video that my friend, um, I think, actually, I think it was my friend Scott Lynch, great photographer, um, posted a video of a gentleman uh, playing what appeared to be milk carton golf in an alleyway. Um, and I'd never seen anything like that before. I thought it was the, I thought it was amazing, you know? Um, and I hit him up and I asked him what the deal was, you know, where, where was, where was the alleyway? I need to go meet this guy. He told me that it was Jersey street right next to Supreme. So, um, that week I remember I went out, tried to find, you know, this mysterious golfer, couldn't find him. Um, went back the following week, still couldn't find him. And then went back the, I think I, I remember it took at least three tries for me to, to find this mysterious person. The third try found him and it was the photographer who I bought three prints from. I never, I never put two and two together because the, the video that I saw was from far away. So I couldn't really make it, make you out. But when I found you, I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, um, what I find interesting is that, you know, most people, especially the people from my page kind of know you as the milk carton golf guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but I first met you as, you know, Patrick Barr, the street photographer. Um, and I've been doing all, you know, as much as I can to make people 
to 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 show your work off to people um, who you know aren't familiar um, because I feel like the world needs to see this stuff because it's you know your photographs are from an era uh, where street photography wasn't as prevalent um, because you know people didn't have their iPhones or digital cameras or whatever um, you know it was mostly film and you didn't see it as much as you see it today uh, so a lot of the stuff that you have um, you're the only one who has it um, as far as I'm concerned um, anyway met met you thought you were a great guy um, started seeing you around would film you you know playing playing your golf um, and throwing you up on on my Instagram page and people really uh, started falling for Tiger Hood um, and yeah and here we are today we've done a lot of uh, we've had a lot of great times together we've made a lot of great videos together um, and yeah here we are that's hey. the, that's that's uh that's the context that's how I met I'm Tiger Hood honored and lucky to have met you oh thanks man okay so appreciate you know, that. and for you to have uh, appreciated my work first of all I mean thank you Thank you. And some people just walk by and don't pay attention to things, and you just noticed, and not just noticed, but actually bought a few, and I can't be more grateful. Of course. Thank you. Hell yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. So anyway, um, so at what point did photography come into your life? Back in elementary school. Okay. Yeah, I was in a, an, a, the uh, cadet corps, which is like an after-school military academy mm -hmm. type of thing, like Boy Scouts, but militarized, and um, they had a uh, photography club there, and... I, w I was first in the dark room back then. Really? Yeah. What were some of your uh, your first pictures that you? That well, you I got kicked off the uh, the drill team and the um, out of the photography club because I was fooling around, jumping around in the basement with some of the other guys that some of my fellow cadets, and um, we all got in trouble. And um, the other guys didn't get in trouble because their father and or uncle was one of the commanders, and so I got the brunt of it. Mm -hmm. So that that kind of ended my photography career. Okay. In elementary school. So did you take a break between then and when you started taking it more seriously? Yeah, well, uh, the last time, uh, last time I was back in high school for the high school yearbook, and I had the camera stolen after the yearbook was finished and never bothered to pick it back up again until years later. Your camera was stolen? Yeah, I did left it lying around. Did you ever find out who stole it? No, I didn't no. really, like, um, you know, care too much back then. Right. Yeah. So then what point did you pick it back up? Oh, your mic Um. Well... 97 is when I sta started shooting again, I guess, 96, about 96, and um, started shooting again, you know, and uh, I had my first pictures published in Outlaw Biker, I guess, in 97. When What's I was doing Outlaw Biker? Outlaw Biker motorcycles in Daytona Beach. I was taking pictures back then, down there uh -huh. back then, and um, <coughs> had those published, and just, you know, shoot, you know, just kept shooting. Mm. Carried a camera all the time since then, you know, because I, I missed a lot over the years, and I realized that. You know, seeing how 42nd Street was, gen you know, rebuilt and everything, I said, oh, man, why didn't I get those in those years that I had the camera, didn't have the camera, you know. Well, you know. give yourself a little more credit because you have some gems in your archive. Thank you. Some of my favorites being, well, uh, like I said, the clown getting arrested is a classic. You got uh, Chicken Eat Chicken World. You also have the best names for your photographs. Can you can you name a few for us? Uh, waiting for her trainer. There is no rose without a th without a thorn. Waiting for a trainer is yeah. the the naked woman waiting for her train. Yeah, yeah. Er, you know, with with right. um, the lingerie, lingerie, classy lingerie. Um, 
Um, none better. Burlesque dancing down there. Oh uh, wow, this is so. This chicken, I chicken about, I world. I have about forty titles. Um, piss on the rocks, shaken, Pick, not stirred. That's the guy a pissing one. in. Uh, yeah, you know, on the rocks in uh, Coney Island. Mm-hmm. What about group shit? Groups, oh man, yeah. Can you imagine, before they renovated the bathroom in Washington Square Park, they had all the toilets next to each other without any barriers, and I just can't imagine five guys sitting next to each other. You know, just like it's, it's amazing how things. Did work. you ever see it, or you just saw it empty? Well, I, j- I saw one guy smoking crack in there, sitting down on the toilet with another one standing, and they were both like, you know, passing it to <laughs> each other <and> years <laughs> ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was Back in Washington in Square Park? That was about 97, 98 before they were, you know, yeah. Oh, sure. my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whenever I see a toilet on the street, I'll take a picture of it. You know, somebody throwing away a toilet, and I, that's public toilet. <laughs> uh, what wow. are some other titles? Oh, boy. Um, trying to think what else you have. Well, yeah. Have you have that great photograph of Eddie Monster. You mean Grandpa? Grandpa. Oh, Al Lewis. Grandpa, Grandpa is Eddie. Mo- no, no, that's not Eddie well, Monster. Yeah, well, it was the Monsters, the show. Right, right, the right. Monsters. Grandpa Monster. Yeah, okay. he, yeah, yeah. I got to know him towards the end. You know, I, um, took, a, I, mean, I took a few pictures of him. And I actually went to Roosevelt Island, where he lived, to mm. go visit him. Really? And, and I, yeah, I went, to, I went to the hospital after he had a stroke, and oh, uh, tried to try tried to see him right after, but I couldn't, you know. But um, mm-hmm. went to see him when he was uh, at the home, convalescing mm-hmm. and everything. So yeah. You also have uh, three great photos of David Blaine, a young David Blaine. You know, I tell you, it's amazing, man. I, he, how we first met. We well, we we met. I took a picture, and then the second time we met. I had gave him a, a copy of the picture, but what I used to do is do cutouts, mm. collage work, and I would have them laminated, so it would be my like my all access pass to Washington Square Park. You know, I would have these different performers, and I would always keep the arch in the background because that's the landmark. Mm. So I have to move around. You know, it was Tony Vera when I first started taking a picture of Tony Vera, th- the flame blower, Tony the fireman Vera. I was lucky to catch him on his last week in New York and his last shows in New York. Man, I, I think he just came back to visit his mother. Because he was living out in California, I believe, and uh, came back to visit his mother and his sister, and so he did some shows in Washington Square Park. And I was able to get him on his last week, not knowing that it was his last week. I used to see him way back in the mm-hmm. day, you know, in the 80s. And uh, so anyway, I saw him, and I, um, I wanted to get a close-up of him. And I, I don't know, I guess I got inside the circle and tried to move in close, and he saw me, and he had lighter fluid in his mouth, and he just, like, pointed, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I got on the ground and laid on my back, and he blew the fireball over my body. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's like... That was the first time I ever got inside the circle to get a, to get a picture of the p- performers uh-huh. and one of one performer. And ever since then, all the other performers would let me get inside the circle to move around because uh-huh. I always need to get that arch. So I would have to move. Right, I right. have, have to shift. Did they know you as the photographer? That yeah, they started yeah. getting to know me as the you know, the department pho- photographer. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. uh because so I remember that that photo of the the fireman with the with the blowing the flame. Yeah. Was that legal at the time? Because I know, imagine you couldn't get away with something like that today. It's funny because, you know, it, it, I guess it, they might have, like, turned a blind eye. Mm-hmm. But then, they, then they started cracking down on a couple of guys. Cause I knew another guy from Key West. Him and his mm-hmm. brother came up. And he did another flame show where he would, like, actually ingest the lighter fluid and just blow it out like a blowtorch. It would be like a continuous flame. Wow. Yeah, he told me he would coat his stomach with milk or something like that. And he did that He did that in Washington Square? Yeah, he did it in Washington Square wow. Park. Yeah, yeah. And his brother was an escape artist who... Uh, would escape from uh, a straight jacket and Crazy. chains wrapped around him. So they were both doing their shows. Yeah, they couldn't get away with that today. Because yeah, they, they don't yeah. take too kindly to street performers now. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that post, uh, my buddy Johan Figueroa, the living statue. Yeah, yeah. You did see that? I commented on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. well, for, yeah. for those who don't know, uh, Johan Figueroa, if you've been in Washington Square the past three years, you've definitely seen this guy. Um, he's very, very petite. 
you know, he's not he's not a, a little person, but he's very very short tiny, in stature, yeah. very skinny, short mm-hmm. in stature, mm-hmm. um, and he calls himself the living statue. And what he does is, um, he he'll paint himself uh, to blend in with the Washington Square Arch, and um, just like stand stand a- against the arch, like on the the little. Uh, crevice or whatever yeah sometimes on the pedestal but that's not what what got him in trouble is he was on the arch (laughs) and the cops came told him to get down he wouldn't get down because it was a part of his performance um and then they arrested him and uh yeah so he hasn't he hasn't been back since then and i I heard since then they've just been cracking down on on performers which is such a shame but I don't understand that because I mean um, they have a lot of artists out there now, which they didn't before. You know, mm-hmm. when I was there a, f- a few years ago, which is good. Yeah. So I don't see why he's he's an, he's not he's living art. Right. So if you're gonna disp- have other artists displaying their work there, I don't think they would give him a hard time. Maybe it's just that one time because you know it, it comes and goes these things. You know. Right. Where maybe somebody might tell some, somebody might complain, <coughs> and their you know their lieutenant might say, okay, you got to crack down, and right. you know th- they'll do it. But right. Yeah. It's not a stuff right now. I think he should come back. I do too. I think he's uh he's been performing at the Met lately. Good for him. Um I think he's happy there, so we'll see. Yeah. Um going back to your photographs, I remembered another name that I love. Um Cop on the Beat. Oh yeah. Uh that photograph. Can you explain the photograph? Sergeant Frank Abadassa, he was telling them that they couldn't play the drums in the park. At the time they wouldn't allow people to play drums. <coughs> and um he saw me moving in for a close-up. I was taking a picture of him just sitting, talking with the guys, and he ha- he was sitting like he was playing, you know. So when he saw me, when he saw me moving in for a close-up, he was like, "Did you get it? Did you get it?" <laughs> so he was really cool. So I you knew the you knew the cop. I got to know him. Uh huh. Yeah, I heard he's in internal affairs now. Really? Wow. Um, something else that should be noted is uh, there about a month ago, I was posting some of uh, Patrick's photographs. And I posted the photograph that I've been talking about and will continue to talk about for the rest of my life, the photo of the clown getting arrested in Times Square. I posted that photo. People obviously loved it. And then, uh, like, a private account with no photo, no uh, <laughs> profile photo or whatever, commented, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's me. That I was the cop. That was 20 years ago, blah, blah, blah. And at first I thought, you know, maybe it was somebody trolling because there's no way that the cop, you know, saw my Instagram. Um, and then I did some further investigation. Um, and it turns out that that was in fact the cop. I apologize. I forgot his name already. Uh, but we, we were talking on Instagram. Um, he kind of told me, he gave me the whole backstory about the guy. He said, you know, usually he would let something like that fly. Um, you know, someone performing in Times Square, it happens all the time, but apparently it was attracting a lot of pickpockets Mm -hmm. And he asked the guy to just like chill for a minute and he wouldn't chill. So he had to arrest him. Um, and he told me <laughs> that in his mugshot, he he was he had the clown makeup on. Oh, so there's a there's some w- and he says that he has it somewhere in his house. He has the mugshot because oh he thought it was amazing. And he held on to it. Oh. He said that he was going to look for it for me. This was probably like two months ago and oh. he hasn't gotten back to me. So something tells me I'm never going to see it. But. He said that it was. That. He said that it was the funniest mugshot that oh was ever that was ever gosh. taken. Oh my um, gosh! I would love to see that. Anyway, I just thought that that was crazy. That would the be so p- nice. the power of the internet. You know, you I know, that was twenty something 20 years ago. Yeah, right? nineteen. Yeah, nineteen years ago. It's amazing because I mean, I don't hang out in Times Square that much. I I I tried to explain my work up there. Yeah. And they told me to leave. You know, but um. You know, Times Square. I. A lot of people hate on Times Square. I. I have mixed feelings. I like Times Square because 
I don't like Times Square because of the tourists, obviously. It's overcrowded. But because there's so many tourists, it attracts the OG New York hustlers, you know? Because that's where you're going to go to hustle the shit out of mm-hmm, tourists. Mm-hmm. So you do get a lot of, you know, New York, OG you know, New Yorkers out there. Let me tell you something, man. I love tourists. I mean, what would New York be without tourists? It'll be like a... Who do we town. have to make fun of? Well, no, I mean, because, but they, add, they, you know, they bring the life. I mean, they bring, somebody, they bring so much energy. And it's like, you know, I don't really know who's who when I'm walking around the street because, you know, if there's so many people on the sidewalk, I tend to walk on the street, or, you know, to avoid the mm-hmm. crowd because I walk fast. Right. Um, so it's like, I just love the energy. Mm. And I'd rather have this town filled with energy mm. than for it to be a slow pace. Do you feel like there's not as much energy as there was back, back oh in the day? Oh, nowhere near. Really? Oh, my huh. gosh. Nowhere near. You think that, uh, what do you think about New York in 2018 compared to 2000s, 90s, 80s? Um, well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, th- the one thing that's constant is change. So mm. I've always been seeing changes. You know, we're always going to see changes. But what bothered me as the years went by was all the barricades. You know, barricade, it, it's a business, and whoever's making them needs to sell them. Mm. So they need to sell as many as they can to stay in business. And there's just too many barricades. And, and I've been just noticing that we've become cattle. Mm. There's so many barricades. You know, to go, uh, when years ago, when I used to go to Times Square for the New Year celebration, get off at 42nd Street, walk around, and just go wherever you want to go. But now you get off at 42nd Street, you have to walk up to 49th Street or 50th Street, and then go, you know, walk down. It's certainly still a whole thing. And it just makes it so much more, takes the fun out of it for mm. me. You know? Yeah, I remember you were... Uh, you're really upset that they put up barricades at the Pride Parade this year. Yeah, I mean, it, oh, it's been going on for years. I oh, mean, yeah? You know, because after the parade, I, I used to get some of my best pictures after the parade, hmm. whether it was Pride or the Halloween parade, you know. And with all the barricades now, they just kind of funnel people to the train stations where they don't allow people to circulate and just enjoy themselves hmm. to walk around. Cause, you know, they say crowd control, you know. To me, it's, yeah, it's crowd control to an extreme. We just want to control them to do what you want them to do and just mm. to get out of the neighborhood. Mm. And, you know... What can we do about that? People need to... Relax. No, we can't relax because no, there's nobody complaining. Mm. I mean, when I used to go down to the after the gay pride parade mm. by the pier, it used to be wide open. People used to be able to lie on the grass and, you know, go out to the, you know, where it, it goes out into the water. Sounds lovely. And people were relaxing, having a good time, you mm. know. It was so comfortable. But now they started putting barricades little by little, and it just started closing people in. Hmm. And the more you close people in, the more dangerous it gets because there's no room to move. Right. And it, it now it's to the point where the, the, the pier was closed this year. Last year, they had it closed off into sections with all the barricades. Mm-hmm. So people were into these tight sections mm-hmm. where something's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like with all these barricades, they're talking about crowd control, but it just makes it more dangerous right. for us. Right. You know? What do you think about the Pride Parade this year otherwise? Uh, I mean Exciting? I mean, I didn't, you know, I tend to, uh, yeah, I mean, it was good that, it, they, you know, that it was good. Yeah. I, I uh, for those who, who uh, are listening, I ran into Tiger <laughs> uh, at the Pride Parade. And <laughs> he was uh, chatting it up with two uh, lovely ladies who did not have shirts or bras on, mm-hmm. um, which was which was fun. But you see, that's what used to be. Ar- I mean, there was so many people like that years ago. It was right. amazing. You right, right. It was so, so many people like mm. that. But now it's like they're all saying, you know, it's just it's become too difficult 
to enjoy ourselves at these events because there's too many barriers we have to go through. You know, it mm -hmm. just makes you know it's, it's just too uncomfortable. Too many barriers. Just too many barricades. 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 Barriers and barricades. Well, not the bar metaphor barricades. Metaphor for life. Barricades. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is something that you've I know you've explained so many fucking times. Probably so tired of it. But, but, but for be those before you go, the reason why I complain about the barricades, I can't get the pictures I used to. I understand. Yeah. Okay. I understand. Yeah. Um. How'd you get into uh, milk carton golfing? I had my photographs on display one year, and um, I saw the golf club in a garbage can. How long ago? Oh, 19, I mean, no, 2008. 2008, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, you know, like Excalibur or something like that, you know, Excalibur. You saw you saw a golf club in a garbage can. Yeah, man. And you just picked it up. Well, I mean, you know, these guys were struggling, man. These guys were like... Oh, Dude, I, I can't get this out of the garbage can, right, man. Right. Yo, what's going on? It's stuck. Is it right, right. So that's the cute little joke that you have. Yeah. yeah but yeah. what's the real story? No, well, the real story is I found it in a garbage can. You I did find it in a garbage can. I, I did find a golf go club in a garbage can. You okay. know, um, and I just picked it up and said, okay, I had a tennis ball on me. Let me hit this tennis ball against the building that was under construction. Okay. You know, the scaffolding and everything. Where were you set up at this point? On Elizabeth Street on Prince. Okay. Yeah. And so um, I, I was hitting it against, against the building a few times, and... Like Plinko, it came down, mm -hmm. and then the final time it didn't come down. So I said, okay. I like the feeling of swinging, you mm. know? Therapeutic. Yeah, I just like the feeling. Yeah. And I didn't want to give it up, so mm. I didn't throw the club away. I kept it, and I said, okay, let me get something else to hit, and I got the milk cartons the very next day. Why milk cartons, though? Because I was living on the Bowery at the time, so mm -hmm. I, you know, they would have these milk containers, and um, I just started using them. And um, it stuck. Mm. And it's been, you know... Why not? I use the wiffle balls every now and then mm -hmm. because sometimes when I'm in a certain neighborhood, it gets the popping noise of the mm -hmm. containers. It makes too much noise for the people who live in the neighborhood. They might complain. So right. to quiet things down, I hit the wiffle balls and I hit, I hit it against the wall and try and catch it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, do, do you do you feel like that doing the the milk carton golfing increases sales of your photos or no, no? Actually, it distracts. I think really. really so it's not like a, a gimmick that you're just using to sell photos. No, oh no, 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 no. On the contrary, mm. on on contrary, dear sir. <laughs> no, this is just for myself, my own amusement, man. It's just to you know. Because you really get into it. For oh, those yeah. who've never actually experienced Tigerhood. Oh man, let me tell you golfing. something, man. When he I'm really gets into it. You know, it's funny because when I'm alone and people aren't around, I tend to like move a little faster and like mm -hmm. just like. More frenet frenetic, or is that the word? But I just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's faster pace action, man. It's like, yeah. Right. And yeah. then when did you start receiving kind of press uh, surrounding your milk carton golfing? My friend Marianne Miller, she was on, a you know, on, a, on her radio program on WABAI. Mm -hmm. She wanted to do, uh, have me on her program. And I was like, okay. And I did her program. And then, um, you know, I mean, the first time I saw a guy taking my picture, I was like, why is this guy taking my picture? Mm -hmm. That was the first day I was doing it mm -hmm. with the milk containers, you know. And then I saw a guy playing cricket out in Brooklyn by Prospect Park. He would throw the ball up against a, um, a storefront that was closed, mm -hmm. and it would come down off the canopy, and he would, he would just hit it up against the wall. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. I took his picture, so I was like, I get it, right. you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now you're, you're, you're at Jersey Street. Sometimes you go to Minetta Lane. But, but then, oh, before, I'm sorry, but then, then, then um, Christopher Marks, you know, he, he lived in the neighborhood at the time. And, um, you know, he would say, listen, I want to I I get something, I want to do a documentary about you, you mm. know. And he was like, you know, I really want to do it. And it's like a year or two later, you know, he said he, he finally 
got the okay to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like really pushing to, you know, sh- to get it done. Not me pushing me, but pushing, you know, his people are trying to get it done. And mm-hmm. um, he really invested a lot of his time and effort and um, just his sweat, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And um, he got he did it. He did this documentary documentary, and they put it on. Um, ESPN. Oh right, right, right. Seven yeah, the minute. ESPN thirty for thirty. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So that was pretty cool to be on that, you know. And um, gotta thank him for that for amazing. sure. Yeah. Amazing. So that was the first time I really got put yeah. out there, I guess. You know. And and people can find you on Jersey Street, correct? Jersey and Lafayette. You know, Jersey Street in daytime. Sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been using my new nighttime fairway, um, the Manetta Street. Country Club, mm-hmm. you know, Manetta. Yep. Actually, the Manetta Manetta Lane Country Club, mm-hmm. and then I go to Third Street late at night mm. until about two or three in the morning. Oh wow! Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Night owl. Usually on weekends, you know, because right. I don't want, I don't want the neighbors complaining too late. Was, you know, one guy complains at twelve o'clock at night. He's trying to get sleep mm-hmm. during the week, right. so the popping noises make them. T- you know, he can't get sleep. Right. But you know, you're living on Third Street for crying out loud, man. Mm-hmm. You know, hello. Now I give respect. Are you able to make a living off of photos and any money you might make off of golfing? No. How do you make Not a living? Papers. Well, I work at a restaurant out in Queens, do a little cleanup work and everything. Really? Like that. that was on a documentary. But um, I would like to be able to uh, quit working and just um, live on uh, donations playing golf if possible or, or selling c- pictures. Do you think you could? I feel because you, you don't go... You, you don't hustle people no. like most New Yorkers no, would. No. Like if you see, if, if I didn't know who you were and I saw it, well, I mean, I, I didn't know who you were at one point when I saw you playing golf and I assumed that I was going to have to like, you know, drop $20 to, to play with you because um, that's just, you know, the New York hustler mindset. Mm. Um, but yeah, you don't, you don't really hustle people like you could be. Um, is, is there a reason for that? I'm not a hustler. Not a hustler. <laughs> not a hustler. But I do charge a greens fee because... Um, yeah, but you don't really enforce it. And you don't do a great job of... You know, like, you just want to have fun. And I respect the shit out of that. Yeah. I really respect it. Yeah. But at the same time, you also got to, you know, get paid. Yeah. And you're you're a landmark at this point, you know? People wow. people from all over the world know who Tiger Hood is. Wow. So if they want to come to New York and play a, play a couple rounds with tiger hood they got to pay up hey man listen you know it's nice that's nice that's all i mean that's really nice to hear and that's really i mean kind of you to say i'm really flattered by that but i would like other people to be able to play this in their neighborhood man i like people to be able to um get their own little containers or (laughs) something and you know if they want to play with milk containers but if if you're going to play on the street first of all you got to be responsible there's only two ways to play responsible or irresponsible right and yeah, that's that's know. why you've been able to do this for so yeah. long in, in public, because you're so respectful. I have to be. You know, I have to be. No one, no one ever tries to stop you, right? The cops don't really well, give you shit. Well, I've been shut down a couple of times. Mm-hmm. One guy who I didn't know, who lived in um, the neighborhood there, he called the cops on me a couple of times. That's why I got my tickets to go to court and mm-hmm. was dismissed after six months and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, but you know, we have a mutual friend. Marianne Miller, she mm. introduced us and we got to know each other. So now we're friends. Oh, okay. So now it's like nobody, nobody uh, gives me a hard time, hmm. you know. And um, but I know not everybody likes what I do. That's a given. Not everybody, not everybody's gonna like what you do. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you know, I don't care. I just do what I do for me. Right. And um, and uh, and you know what? If you don't like what I do, screw you. Right. It's true. You know? I mean, there's one guy where I play on Manetta Lane. He lives in a building, and I heard he's giving a comedy seller a hard time mm. because of me. Really? Yeah. 
I'm like, okay, first of all, aye, aye, aye. you know, there are my friends over there at the Comedy Cellar. And um, what I do is all fun. But don't take me for a fucking joke, pal. <laughs> Associating me with the Comedy Cellar, what I do is fucking serious. There we go. And, I mean, I'm having fun. Right. It's all fun. But I have to be serious about Dead serious. where there's people around. Mm -hmm. If there's people walking up behind me, I can't swing. I have to be very uh, aware of, of what I'm doing, very, very aware of my surroundings. So mm -hmm. I have to think for other people sometimes because some people have no situational awareness whatsoever. Right. Right. So I have to think for them. Mm. So for this knucklehead to say, that, oh, he's associated with the company, no. What I do is no joke. Right. That actually is. It's a fun thing. <laughs> but, you know, you know, come on, man. I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. What's, your, what's your, uh, your goal in all this? Are you just kind of just taking it, taking it as you go? I'm just enjoying the ride, man. Well, I know that you wanted to, yeah. I mean, it would be great if you could tour around the, the country, tour around the world. The world, man. Because oh I, yeah. I know you did this in Peru, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, could, I, could, I didn't take it up to the historical site because they didn't allow big backpacks. Right, because this is something that the world needs to see, you know? It shouldn't just be something that they got to come to New York for. Oh, man, let me tell you something. I'm going worldwide with this because you know, I'm planning a trip to China, oh. and I'm taking my clubs. And, um, Great Wall? I would like to get some landmarks in the background, yeah. Absolutely. Could you do, could you do it over the Great Wall? That would be a trick. Does that work? It? That'd be something. I don't know how big the Great Wall is. Well, I can't. Let, I can't. Um. Well, I, it's pretty high up, mm. but I'm pretty sure with a good wedge, mm. you know, the ultimate wedge which I have, mm. you know, um, I might be able to get it over, man. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can do it without getting in trouble. Right. Yeah. I know an American. What about? Over there, didn't so. we? Weren't we once talking about an urban sports league in New York? Because I got I got my boy Brian who who plays uh, horse with. Traffic cones. Mm -hmm. He he works in construction and he plays horse with traffic cones. Like after he's done, um, and then we have you who does your milk carton golf. It's just like a little, you know, it's a little urban sports league. Well, what I want to do actually is to get this little celebrity charity oh event right, going the on, you know, challenge. live stream it, yep. and have people bet on whoever they want to win, and whoever wins donates the whole pot to the charity of their choice. Right. I mean, that can make thousands, man, for whoever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We'll yeah. make it. We'll make it happen one yeah. of these days. Yeah. One I mean, I days. have some people who said they'll do it. Yeah, I just have to get it set up where, where people donate. They can see how much is being, right? Made, you know, right. made so you know everything's up and up, up and up. Mm. Yeah, good, yeah. good. Well, oh, love life. Mm -hmm. You you married? You got no. no single single. Yeah, happy to be single. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's 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 like it's a double edged sword because. Mm. When you're in a relationship, you know, you have to, you don't have to be with that person all the time, but, you know, sometimes when you want to be alone, you can't be alone because mm. you're in a relationship and you have to be with that person or it's good to be with that, you know, you, you want to, it's, it's just proper to spend time with that person. Right. So I remember when I was in a relationship with a girl and... What's your longest relationship? Oh, boy. Oh, man, I didn't have too many, but it was about a year. That was the longest? Yeah. And you're 54. Fifty-four. Yeah. Wow. But um, I remember I, we went to a club one time. We had uh, it was a double date, and um, you know, we said said to the ladies, okay, you know, you guys go about your way and we'll go our way, and you know, and um, and we met up with the ladies later on in mm -hmm. the club. But, but it's like, you know, me, uh, if I go someplace or go out, uh, for instance, if I go, if I go to a club, I like to dance. Mm. And when I go to a club, it's all about dancing, all about the music. Mm -hmm. So when I, uh, I mean, when I went to dance interior, I used to go from floor to floor. Mm -hmm. So if I was with a date, I couldn't just like, okay, come on, we're going to the second floor, third right. floor, first floor. You know, it's like it's too much for them, and uh, it's hard to keep up with me sometimes because I like to go a lot of, I like to move fast, mm. and, and um, 
Yeah, and uh, you know she has to be smart. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're picky. Oh, very. You know, I mean, you can't get too picky sometimes. Right, right, right. But um, yeah, I, I'm very particular. Do you see yourself like settling down in the future, or? Well, you know, it's I, I, I would like to uh, pass on the uh, keep the name going because mm. I'm the end of the li- uh, end of the line. Yeah, end of the line. So, uh, gotta put out, gotta. Uh, you know, get some little rugrats. Right. You little know? rugrats. Yeah. Babyhood. Yeah. Little nigglets. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever thought about, like, using a, a dating app or something? No. I'm old-fashioned. Come on. Yeah, I'm old-fashioned, man. Wow. You know, I never was into you that. Wanna, you want to meet someone in person? That's the way I am, you know? I'm in that's a different so generation, hard. man. I know, but that's hard nowadays. I know. It could be so easy to go online and find a... It could b- be so uh, easy know? for you. Just so set up a Tinder. People yeah. love you, man. I've seen you with your shirt off. You got, like, a fucking... <laughs> 14 pack. Dude, I took my shirt off the other day. You know, I, after all these years, man. <laughs> that slipped by me, man. Something's going to go right away. But, you know, I've come to the point in my life where I say, if I'm working out or doing something and I'm sweating and the shirt is bothering me, mm-hmm. take the shit off, man. You know? Yeah. Really. Especially especially when you got the, the you know, the body to. No, even if you don't, man. You know? Make yourself comfortable. True. You know, True. unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of people can't because of the situation or the surroundings that we're in. Mm. You know, I'm sure a lot of these a lot of these golfers on a tour would probably love to take their shirt off right. and just, you know, play loose like that. Right. But, you know, I can do that out here, right. man. Somebody paid me the highest compliment the other day. What was that? They told me I was on the front lines of, you know, teaching people, of you know, just ex- exposing people to the sport. Right. Just so they can see it, whether it was live or something, like, you know, just to see it, mm-hmm. just to see somebody playing, or you know, because not ev- not everybody is going to be able to go to a driving range right. or to a golf match, you know, right. or, you know, they can, but to see me playing on the street, you know, okay, I never saw somebody playing golf in general, right? You know, so that is, that's nice. That was really nice to hear. Right. And he's a real golfer. This guy plays at a works at a golf club i think that's so what's so great about what you do is anyone can come see you play you know like me personally and i'm kind of a weirdo but i'm sure a lot of people feel the same i feel like you're a celebrity you know and the fact that uh people can come see you you know as long as they know where jersey and lafayette is um they can come see you they can see you play golf they can even play with you um to me that's that's fucking awesome you know the fact that you're not like in a venue or, or like on a, I, I don't know how, how people go to golfing events, but I'm sure you have to buy a ticket. Mm. Um, yeah. So to me, that's cool. And that's why I think that we should eventually start an urban sporting league. It's just hap- Neighborhood Golf Association, man. Neighborhood Golf NGA. Association. Yeah, absolutely. Bro. NGA. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm trying to get other people in different neighborhoods who are responsible mm-hmm. to um, get involved. You know, why yeah. not? You know? Um, yeah. Well, ladies, um, Tiger Hood is single, ready to mingle, but he wants to do it the old-fashioned way. So don't expect to see him on Tinder, or Raya, or uh, OK Cupid, or any of the sorts. You want to take your phone? Yeah, it's oh. my dad. Oh shit! It's my own little swimmers club, ladies. Put him on. Put him on speaker. Hey, Daddy, what's up? All right, we're gonna go on IG Live. Oh, the steam pipe break. Uh, no, it didn't bother me at all. Oh no, shit. yeah, I'm, Too I'm much good. Swags here? Yeah, um, I, I'm on. A, I'm, in a, I'm doing a podcast with New York Nico. Um, yeah, so I don't know how to put this thing on speaker. Hold on a second. You know how to put this thing on speaker? My phone. Hold on a second. Maybe I should. Just, I'll, put, I'll, I'll put you on speaker during <laughs> if we're doing this show. Hold on a second. 
Yeah. What's his name? Um. Uh, 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 hold, uh, hold on. My dad, uh, Barrington. Patrick. You can call him Patrick. That's what oh, you're pa- so you're a junior? You're a Patrick Jr.? Yeah, hello, Danny. Hello, Daddy. Yes, I'm here. Okay, oh, we're, um, we're recording. We're, um, we're on a r- podcast. Okay. Okay, so how are you, Patrick Sr.? New York Nico here. Can you hear? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear Nico? He, he, oh, yes, yes. Oh, he actually. Okay. How are you, sir? Hi, how are you doing, my man? Great. Um, just hanging out with, with my buddy Patrick here, the other Patrick, your son, uh, one of my favorite people on this planet. You did a fantastic job raising him. Um, and he, yes, he, um, he also, uh, loves you and his mother very, very much. Speaks about you guys a lot. And my sis, my biggest fan, Bridge. Yep. Yep. Shout out to Bridge. Big up, Bridge. Um, and I've seen I've seen photos of you as well, and you. Uh, I was I was telling him that uh, I thought you guys were brothers originally because you you look so young for your age. Uh-huh. <laughs> I told him you're aging well. He's aging well, aging gracefully. Um, but very nice to meet you. I hope to meet you in person one day. You should come to New York. Does he play golf? No. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, Daddy. It's all the best. Thanks, 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 man. Yeah. Bye, Nico. Bye. Nice to meet you. Take care now. All right. Love you, son. All right. Love you, too. Damn, he's the man. Bye-bye. 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 All right. We're going to go live. Yeah. Um, and take some questions sure. from the fans. He wanted to know if the uh, steam pipe break affected me. Oh, God. Yeah. He's the man. Yeah. Such a good guy. Yeah, thanks, man. Did he have an accent? Um, seems like he had not, a little. I mean, accent. not as much as my mom. Oh, how she sound? Can you do? She sounds a little more Caribbean than Can you do an impression of your mom? <laughs> no, but uh, I, I mean, the, the <laughs> dialect comes back a little bit. You know, I mean, um, wow, it's hard to do when I'm not with, at home. Huh? You know? Right. Yeah. Or hey, yeah. is uh, producer Ryan in the? B- oh no, we are live. Okay, mm. so we're live. Um, let's uh, give this a second. Um, let the the viewers roll in. Um, shit, maybe I should go on the Wi-Fi. We're telling your followers that you started a live video. Can you check your phone and see if um, we are indeed live? So how do you feel like this has been going? Well, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Time's flying by. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's the uh, what's the Wi-Fi here, Ryan? I can't tell everyone. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! You know what you do? Write it down on a piece of paper so you can see it until you can look at it. Or oh, put in your yeah. yeah. All right, hold on. Yeah. I'm gonna set up the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Vendor. I don't see vendor here. You know who I met the other day? Amy Schumer. She's really nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh, wow. What a sweetheart. Did she so uh, nice. did she golf? She didn't golf, but she posed with the golf club. Oh a- yeah, and also Hassan Minaj, he posed with the golf oh, club shit. too. Yeah, he's really cool dude. Amazing. Man. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Did you know who they were? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they were filming for part of um, Crew Crashing. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they film on uh, Manila Land there. Yeah. Well, the Comedy Cellar. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I see those guys going around the corner, back and forth, because they're two different comedy cellars mm. around the corner from each other, and they'll go back and forth. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. 
also um, uh, Shay from um, Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. He t- he posed for a picture. Wait, Shay. Shay um. Oh man, I'm not Shay. Che, Michael Shea. Yeah. Michael Shea. He's cool. He's cool dope, cat. Yeah. Cool cat. All right. Yeah. Thank you, producer Ryan. Um, all right. Let's uh, that's try what, this that's again. See, that's who I got to start this uh, charity event with. The, co- the comedians, man. Yeah, they're of course. More, they're more receptive I mean, to you it. should tell them next yeah. time you see them. Well, they know already. A few of them already know. Like I said, I just got to set it up with the um, account where I can start live, you know, um, um, the crowd, the crowdfunding thing where people, people can bet right. on two separate accounts, I guess, you know, if they have to bet on one person or the other yeah all right hold bruce on, willis was in the neighborhood man could you imagine if, <coughs> if bruce willis were to get involved with something like that man Oof. you know yeah he was in the neighborhood to see jeff ross i told jeff ross i wanted to do it i'm pretty sure he might be open to it i think he, he, he was uh receptive to it and he all doesn't, right. doesn't need much just a cell phone you know that's where you come in all right so, we're live. Um, hello, everyone. This is the first episode of uh, New York's Got Talent, the podcast, with my first uh, guest, Tiger Hood, a.k.a. Patrick Barr, a.k.a. Nappy Gilmore. Um, you're still going to have to speak into the mic. What an honor, man. What an honor. Yep. What an honor, really, seriously. So, uh, we just spent probably 45 minutes uh, doing a little Q&A. I think it went pretty well. Would you agree? Was it as good for you as it was for me? I th- I had a great time. Shit, Learned man. a lot about the man himself. Um, thanks to uh, Canal Street Market for providing the space. Uh, I think this is something that I'm going to try to do every couple weeks um, with a new guest. Maybe we'll have Patrick back because um, he's done such a lovely job. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the uh, you know the last 15, 20 minutes of the podcast. Uh, op- open it up to the fans for any questions. So uh, ask away. Um, These should be directed to Tiger Hood, aka Patrick Barr. Bring it. Um, t- what's your What's Tiger Hood's handicap? My swing. Just no, a, just a isn't that Isn't that a golf term? Handicap, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, how many? Yeah, yeah. Like what your? I guess that's just when you par keep par or something. It is under par or over par or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I never really knew how to keep scoring golf, so. Uh, I just always tell people my swing. Right. Yeah. Oh, someone asked a good question. Uh, do you ever play on a golf course? No, I've worked on a golf course, but I've never played on a golf course. But I, when I'm down in Florida, I play on some um, in the fairgrounds with some of the old timers. Mm-hmm. And then in my mom's neighborhood, there's a big field, and I'll hit some balls. Over Are you there. any good? No. Really? I, I, you know, I mean, I'll get a. It, it comes and goes, you know, where I get some good hits and then right. at other times, no. If if I took you to a driving range, though, I, I would be unimpressed? Probably. Really? Yeah. Huh. Unless, you know, you know, I tell you, man, if I get to you my have such a you have such a sexy swing, though. If I get, if you got a good swing, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm no good, so I guess. But, you know, cool. it's, it's funny. The swing will be good when you're practicing, and then when you finally try and hit the ball, mm-hmm. that practice swing goes out of your head, mm. you know? But um, the thing is to just keep that practice swing as you're going to hit the ball, you know, but, um, right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, someone wants to know how old you are. 54, 54. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite charitable cause. Wow, man. There's so many out there. I mean, any, anybody that helps kids, you know, mm-hmm. Shriners, um, there's just so many. I would have to look at which ones 
where where most of the money goes. If it goes to the executives, no. Mm. But if it goes to the you know, where it's supposed to go, then I'm with that. Facts. <coughs> Why milk cartons? Have you ever thought of wiffle balls or tennis balls? Yeah, well, you know, the, um, the, the milk cartons don't roll away. The wiffle balls go down the manholes sometimes, so they're they tend to go quickly. Mm. Yeah. Um, can you can I we we just talked about this for but for those who uh, are now tuning in, can you explain why you started with milk cartons? Okay, well I had the tennis ball that I was hitting against the building mm-hmm. the first day, and uh, like Plinko, it was coming down from the scaffolding, but after a few hits, it didn't come down. So I just love the feeling of swinging, you know, mm. and. Um, I didn't want to throw the club away that I found in the garbage can mm-hmm. that day. So I got some milk containers from the Bowery the next day, and then I started hitting those, and it stuck. Milk mm. containers, I mean, I, it, once, I, once I got the milk containers, I didn't need anything else. Mm. You know, they don't roll away, so I don't have to keep chasing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're big enough not to go down the manholes. Being stuffed with newspaper, they're heavy enough to get across the street, but light enough not to do any damage. Mm. Who made golf a passion for you? Nobody really did. I was just watching TV and would watch them play on television and mm. just wanted to try it. Lakers or Warriors? Hmm. Are you a basketball well, fan? Yeah, I watch it, but not not religiously. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Seth Curry's one badass motherfucker, man. Mm. I mean, golly, man, to just have that technique, that technique. Yep. But you know, LeBron, LeBron mm-hmm. is dominant. Mm. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have that shot like Seth mm. but he just, he just dominates man and anybody who can like go to a team and take them to that next level to win a championship even though it was only once with um, Cleveland mm-hmm. he went back and did it for him man you know mm. so yeah uh, favorite thing about New York that it doesn't really sleep it takes a nap but there's always some place open and it's so easy to get from one place to the other you know mm. yeah transportation systems always running uh, people are saying that they need you to speak louder. Oh, I can okay. also try to bring my okay, phone closer. Sure, sure, to sure, sure. Um, takes a nap. When does it take a nap? Oh, like after a holiday, mm. you know, even on New Year's, you know, right? It'll be like it'll quiet down. It's like a you know super Sunday. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Didn't know there was a recording studio in Bloomingdale's. This is not Bloomingdale's. We are at Canal Street Market. Uh, one of my favorite I, hangout spots. I didn't even know there was so much back here. Yeah. Canal Street Market. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. They uh, they made this just for just for us. Yeah. Well, that's um, what you This is the first podcast um, as a part of Canal Street Market Radio, and I'm honored. Yeah. This is lovely. This is really cool, man. Um, what else? What else? You know, Have I you always lived in New York? Yeah. I lived in Atlanta for a while in Florida, and um. You when I started living in Atlanta, that's where I first started calling women ma'am. Oh. Yeah. So that's where your Southern hospitality comes from. I've always been hospitable, but mm. the, su- uh, the Southern part of it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What was, your, what was the best photo you ever took? Oh, wow. Well, I guess I don't, I can't say I really have a best, you know? I mean. You have th- to have a favorite There's a lot photo. that I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm proud of Sebastiano, the, 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 the oh, restaurant I owner. I love that one. You know? Can you explain that? Can you paint a picture? Well, you know, he's a big Italian man standing standing in front of a restaurant with his apron on and he's just classic you know has that that look on his face you know that's just special mm-hmm. and um 
it's just a shot that you wouldn't think I took. It's a black and white picture. Some mm -hmm. pictures are meant for color. Some pi some pictures are meant for black and white. And his picture is just meant for black and white. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that really dates the picture except for his watch, mm. a Movado. Yeah, when was that taken? 97. Wow, because it yeah. looks like it's straight out of the 50s or 60s. Thank you. And, and I'm very proud of that shot. And, you know, that's, wow. Yeah, this is the, I mean, I was just lucky to get Tony Vera on his mm -hmm. last week. You know, oh. You know, you got yeah. a lot of classics. You got a lot of classics. I've been lucky to get some of these people that are no longer here. Definitely. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that goes back to Grandpa. what I was saying before. How, you know, it's not like today where everyone's a photographer. Back then, back in you know the late '90s, early 2000s, not everyone had a camera. So a lot of the stuff you have is stuff that no one else has. I, you know, I don't know how many other photographers have Sebastiano. Well, no, probably yeah. There's actually. Probably quite a few. He was not nearly as many as there would be today. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> if I if I saw that dude standing around, you know, sitting around, I don't know where all these pictures. There's there's so many people who have taken pictures back in the day that aren't showing because you know Charlie Barnett, one of the famous comedians. I mean, this guy was so funny. Mm. I mean, he's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this project of performers in Washington Square Park was because of Charlie Barnett and Rica Viles. They mm. were so so funny. And they started to make it. They made a couple of movies and they passed away. Mm. And I said, okay, I got to get the rest of these guys before they're all gone. You right. know? And that's why I started doing that. What's your favorite celebrity spotting? I don't, you know, I don't celebrity spot, but you never know who you're, gonna, who you're walking by. I saw Justin Timberlake one day when I was on Spring Street playing golf. And um, he was like, you're playing golf, right? Yeah. He, he knew right away what I was doing. And I said, hey, man, how about a picture? And he was like, well, not right now. And I understand, you know, because once you start, it starts to get where other people see what's going on and notice who's who. Mm -hmm. And then it gets to be where they, be where they can't move. Right. You know, and um, that happened with Paul McCartney, too. I saw Paul McCartney when he was, he was leaving the Blue Note. And I was standing in front of McDonald's. And I guess his car wasn't there. And um, he had crossed the street. And I was talking to somebody in front of McDonald's. And he had walked by me. I was, on, I was by the curb facing McDonald's. And he had walked by. And we made eye contact. And I was like pointed at him you know and he was like he shook his head yeah and I was like okay let, I let him walk by and then he got like by the garage and I was like what the hell am I doing standing here I kind of walked up to him and I had my camera in my hand I said mm -hmm. excuse me I, I said excuse, excuse me would you mind and um he was with Heather Mills at the time before they got married and he said well we're kind of having a private moment right now and I said okay cool and his car rolled up and he got you know he got in his car and he waved to me you know so that was pretty cool, you know, yeah. Sir Paul McCartney. So hopefully I'll <laughs> see him again. And I can say, hey, man, remember that time you wouldn't let me get that picture by the Blue Note? How about now? <laughs> but then, you know, Justin Timberlake, right? Now, he had walked by, you know, he walked by, he walked on, and I went back to go playing. So I caught up to him. I said, you know, let me give him one of my flyers because he was with another couple. So I gave the couple behind him and the couple, the lady he was with, my flyer. And I went back to go playing. So he came back to take my picture. And he said, hey, man, I got so many people on Titter. I said, well, let me know, let me know when you have so many people on, on, uh, on Titter. He said, he said, Twitter. I said, Titter. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. And he took my picture. So I was like, cool. And some lady was, was videotaping all this. And she was in a restaurant across the street. And I went inside the restaurant and said, hey, man, you, you happen to have a video of that? And she said, I gave my email and everything. I never, I never got that video. But yeah, that was cool. I thought that was pretty cool. I can always say I had Justin Timberlake come back and take my picture. For, you know. Amazing. Yeah. What is the, uh, the best thing that's ever happened to you doing your thing? And what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you doing your thing? And by thing, I mean golfing on the street. <sighs> wow. I mean, I dodged a couple of bullets. <laughs> I mean, I Literally? Dodged, no, I mean, so people let the, the club go. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, one, the first time I got let the club go was on Spring Street in Lafayette. And luckily, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. 
and he let it go and it flew across the street and landing at landed in the windowsill of the Dwayne Reed. Oh wow. So that was like, wow, okay. The second time was on Third Street. It was about the same time, one or two in the morning. And um, this guy let the club go and it hit the garage wall and landed in the street and you know, didn't hit a car or anything. So mm. that was lucky. So the third time, oh yeah, yeah. And this is why I have to be very selective about who I let swing. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to, uh, and I have to put, um, I had put a, a strap on one of the clubs I had, and that one was, I lost that throughout the, you know, mm -hmm. it was either it was left someplace, and, but I have to put another strap on, mm. a, on a club before I let people, you know, f feel, feel comfortable letting people swing again. Right. The third time, and I hope it's the last time, I let the club go and it landed in some garbage, some garbage bags. But mm. yeah, that was my, those those were my worst experiences doing what I do. Mm. What about best experience? Uh, you know, Usher came by and swung and played this kid for a few minutes, like 20 minutes. Mm. That was real cool. Jeff Garland, of course, stopped by, but he only stayed for a few minutes, man. You, yo, Jeff, you got to come back and, you know, really spend some time playing this game, you know, not just a swing through. Okay, not just a, a walkthrough or, or, or you know, what, a walkthrough? Mm -hmm. You know, what, he spent like 15 minutes? Mm -hmm. No, man, come on, man. No, we got to get a serious game going, bro. So, you know, hey, <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, how many uh, how many crates in one? What do you call it? A hole-in-one, crate-in-one? I had two back-to-backs in the 10 years I've been doing this. Wow. How, how often do you uh, make them in? Um, you know, I had I got two in in about fifteen minutes the other day. So that was really yeah, yeah yeah. I have yet to see you make one in. Yeah, man, it happens, bro. I will say that. I'm telling you, man. I want that to be on record. Yo, dude, I got I got one in the other day. It felt so good. It's like because I hit it, I swung, Tiger! and then I went off balance. Mm -hmm. So I had to like I know I, I kind of had to get down low. It just took it, you know, each swing for me is different. I just never know how I'm gonna you know, be, the weather conditions. Uh, you know, it's like sometimes I might have to hit it hard to I get it there, and other times I might just have to tap it right. and try and really hit it as lightly as I can. So each time is different. Right. And so anyway, this time it's not I, easy. I swung and I kind of had to get down low. I, it took me down low mm. and off balance, and I kind of had to lean on one hand. Right. So I was like, I was. It was just, it just a. It just felt cool. Wow. And it went in. So I was like, that was my coolest one yet, bro. It just like felt so cool, you know, going <laughs> in. It's just to watch it going sometimes. But I got to do one like Luca, where Luca just turns around and it's like, you know, does that shoulder thing, you mm -hmm. know? Like, I got to do one like that, man. So I got to do one Luca style. Shout out, yeah. Luca. Shout out, hope, yo. Hope you're enjoying your trip. Oh, man. Luca, can't yo. wait to have you back. Yo, I got to hang out with him, man, because, you know, he oh, goes he to all the best places, you know? Mm -hmm. I really got to hang out with him, yo. You do, man. Yo, no, you do. seriously. I got to I gotta hang you out with him. You guys will make time. a great duo. Yo, whenever he goes to the restaurants. Yeah. You gotta come time. through, of course. Absolutely, bro. All right. Well, we're gonna get, go off live. Um, so thank you guys for your questions. Um, oh wait a minute, yo! Thank you for all the people out there who are, you know, for all the positive feedback I've been getting. I love you guys. Thank you, man, for oh real. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so we're gonna record the rest of this podcast, and hopefully it'll be up tomorrow or the next day, or I don't know when it'll come up, but it'll be up eventually. Um, okay. So. That's a theme song. I feel like this has gone very well. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for being my first guest, oh. my guinea pig. Oh, man, thank you for having um, me. Yeah. Thank you, for real. Seriously. You know, yeah, I, think, I think that this has been great. I'd love to have you back, maybe as a co-host. 
Um, doesn't have to be every episode, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I you're you you're you're the uh, you'd be the you know yeah. you're you're a great co-host. You can have you'd be a great co-host. You can have everybody in Nico's world be like a rotating, uh, you know. Like yeah, but not everyone could be a co-host like you could be a co-host. You'd be like, you're like the, the best hype man. You know, you'd be there to support me when I need it. Yeah, know. boy. Exactly. Better recognize. Exactly. Shucks. Um, but yeah. I, I, hope that wasn't too loud. I hope that wasn't too loud. I don't know. I Ryan, was that too loud? Yeah, sir. All right. Sorry about that. We'll I know, I know the, the needle went red line on that one. We're so. also talking about adding like canned laughter <laughs> and, and canned sa- sound effects to these podcasts. Um, I feel like that would be a nice touch. Maybe have some some real ads in the mix. Uh, we got to create a jingle. Um, yeah, exactly. But yes, I feel like this has gone very well. Um, you know, I could see this as something that people listen to on the train. Um, maybe if they have a car, maybe they'll listen, they'll listen to it while they're riding their car. Maybe they'll listen to it as they go to bed. Um, where else could they listen Yo, to this? Man, At the gym? I, this is great gym listening material. Yo, let me tell you something, man. I want this to, to be on par with Howard Stern. Mm. Okay? I mean, yo, dude, when I, when I went to Florida and there was no Stern, I was like, are you serious? Mm. I, I did not enjoy radio in Florida when I was mm. down there, man. It was no... Oh, no. Stern's the best. Yo, yo, he's the man, yo. My, uh, the, the one person who I want to meet more than anybody else is Beetlejuice. I'm gonna drink this smoke weed, smoke coke. Do you know Beetlejuice? That's the, yeah, yeah, sure, of course. Yeah. yeah, man, yeah. I, I'm obsessed with him. Yeah, I'm yeah. so obsessed with him. Hell yeah. Who, me? He? I'm Puerto Rican, honey. <laughs> he lives in New York, Couple doesn't he? times. No, he lives in, uh, I think he lives, I don't know, I think he lives in the South now. Oh, really? Um, but I think he's originally from New York. Hmm. Well, you need to take this on the road, man, and like, you know, yeah. just, like, you know. And if, if you're my co-host, then you're going to come with me. You do travel a lot, you know? True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, Worldwide. Well, hey, Worldwide. Pat, yeah. this has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I hope to have you back soon. I hope to be back. Thank you. Uh, is there anything you want to say? Close us, close, us out, close us out? Well, get rich at golf trying, man. There get rich go. at golf trying. And uh, real, real men wear lady designers. Oh, absolutely. Real men, r- men wear pink. Real men wear pink. And female designers who make clothes for men. No, that wasn't the saying. Well, I'm wearing Jamie Sadock shorts, and she makes uh, women's clothes. Right, but you had you had men. like a, a never mind. It doesn't matter. Real men wear pink, bro. Right. That's all. That's all I know. Real men wear pink. Facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Um, thank you. Take us out, producer Ryan. Guitar riff. We go. It's the world. I'm not going to do these podcasts, whatever you want to call, but. I'm not doing it for you, I'm not doing it for Sabino, and that's how it goes. All right, have a good day, enjoy, and I'll talk to you.